And here we are again for another exciting episode. Another exciting episode. Oh, boy. Uh, episode man. 272. Wow. What happened to 271? It's going to post um, in two days on the first of the month. Okay. This will post on the 15th. And we have a special guest today, very special guest, probably the specialest guest we've ever had. All right. Almost tied with someone else for specialist. (laughs) (laughs) And I think we should start off the show by talking about Dave's facial hair. (laughs) Yes, let's. Well, well, I tell you guys, uh, I just want to look more like a Western kind of guy. You do. Okay, that's there you go. Okay. Yeah. Type thing. Or or who's that actor that that I look like now? Was it Robert Duvall? Hulk Hogan. Oh, Robert Duvall. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm getting my hat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hulk Hogan was not the first name that I thought of, but um, I guess now that he says it, it it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there we go. With the hat. Ah, the hat. The Sam, hat. what's his name? Sam, somebody. Oh, Sam uh, Elliott. Oh, yeah. Sam sure. Elliott, yes. Take the high ground. Say it. That's what you got to say. Take the high ground. There we go. Okay. Good. There we go. I just say beef. 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 Doesn't he do a beef commercial, Sam Elliott? Uh, I think you're right about that. It makes sense. People have told me my that I look like Sam Elliott because of my long gray hair. Hey. You know, and a, a lot of people will say, oh, your hair is so sexy, so sexy. And I Luxur- always, how come it comes on to me then? Except there's for a, like Rizzy. There's more than just hair, Jeff. <laughs> apparently. Apparently hair doesn't do it. I still remember when we were walking into that restaurant with my boys, Tom Barkalo, Jeff and I, and the two, three girls walk out and they go, hi. And I'm like, oh, and Jeff's like, Dave, they only said hi because they know we're like really old men. We're harmless. (laughs) He's right. Afraid. I'm afraid it's true. No, it was the two half squads hats. Come on. Yeah, could be. Don't you have one, Mike? I don't. Oh, my goodness. Where's my hat? I have a dirty one upstairs that I have worn outside (laughs) to work in. I could maybe try to wash it up. That's an attractive uh, prospect. Oh. But I had a dream, and I know we're not supposed to talk about dreams because they're boring. Okay. I'll make it really short. So Mike and I are playing, uh, what you've been playing lately, um, Chinese Alamo. And I have all these heavy machine guns and mediums up on top of this fort by the river. And they're up high, and they're shooting down. And they're all, and I, and I've been, when I was going to bed, Mike, a couple of nights ago on vacation, mm-hmm. I couldn't get the game out of my head. It's like... Yes. I was at home here. Yeah, I'm just I'm thinking in, the, in bed. I got to get out. I got to get off the ledge, and then I can advance back. Or do I go down inside? Or what am I going to do with OBA? I got to kill the OBA. I got to kill the kill stack with the neg one leader shooting at me. What am I going to do? And and I kept seeing the board in my head. And suddenly, I must. I was asleep. I didn't even know it. I don't, I don't think I was like holding one of the machine guns, and everything went gray. And I was like holding one and I was in the dream suddenly and everything and it was just really rapid I'm just looking at all these machine guns around me and I'm like oh my god she's got to hold it and then right away like the spectral ghost came <laughs> and the 
over like this, and then the hands grabbed my shoulders and pulled me backward downstairs. Whoa. I was studying downstairs, yeah. and I started trying to yell out, you know, when you're sleeping, and my mouth wouldn't open. It was like, Ooh. I was trying to yell like no or something. <laughs> I'm going, no, <laughs> I'm getting dragged off of this heavy machine gun. And Laura, Dave, Dave, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. But it was really intense and freaky, and I can't get this stupid game out of my head, so we got to finish it. I know. Well, I was thinking about that bridge you took all week last week. Oh, yes. Did you want to share that on the air? What was, yeah, the the scenario previous to this one is it on the other side? I'm trying to remember. Uh, Marco Polo Bridge, that's what it was. Marco Polo. Yeah. So I've got, it's down to the last turn. Dave has to just run a guy onto this bridge. And I've got every defensive position set to fire on that bridge all ready to go. And after a series of, of minus two shots, taking him down, taking him down, he's down to the last few guys. And one of his guys just charges out into that bridge right through the open, makes it all the way. Roll those fours. But the sad part was, that, of course, the you know my dreams of the rest of the week were the fact that I was the Japanese, so I could have just ran a guy out onto the bridge and stopped you from even walking across. Cause <laughs> uh, live and learn. Yep, ASL 101. Block the position physically. Yes, if you sir. Can. So you did dream. You did have a nightmare about it. It's a, 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 a night night. gallery. It's a night gallery episode. Right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's the episode they didn't make. Yes. Too late. Well, it's been just about a year since my first lengthy, you know, conversation with you guys about Vassal, leading the Vassal Revolution. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll celebrate that right now, I guess. We've played a lot of games. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to add them up for next show. Yeah. Run them off between the between Mike and I and Jeff and I. Quite a lot, a lot of Pacific. Yeah, you've been racking them up, Dave. And we, the two half squads, have just passed uh, two weeks ago. It was our thirteenth anniversary of podcasting, and wow, you should have seen the the telegrams, the letters. Yeah. Oh, I, I forgot to tweet it out too. The well wishers, <laughs> people coming to the door, candy grams, uh, very short little cavalcades of cars yeah it was, it was quite who do you think they make haul in the mail bags every morning me <laughs> i have to go over to dave's house and mike has picked up it. the mail yes while i was gone put it into the citadel miniature case that has no foam in it it's just a big <laughs> empty case outside just put it in there so there's room in the box for the guy to keep throwing it yeah so we have a show we have looking at mostly brevity assault and some letters. Yeah, what do you want to do first? Letters. Okay. All right. See now they make me read it too. Haul it in and read it. Let's yeah, yeah. Really. <laughs> you are overworked and underpaid. But also, the show is brought to you by who, everybody? Bounding Fire Productions. Fire Bounding Fire Productions. Makers of great games like the Chinese Alamo, which will give you nightmares of spectral ghosts hauling you down the stairs backwards while you're trying to defend the top of the Alamo with your machine guns. And other great products like Objective Schmidt, 
It doesn't say that here on the website, though. <laughs> Just skip this one, folks, or you'll have nightmares. Yes. <laughs> and if you play the other one, get in front of the bridge. Yes. Bounty Fire Productions. Yeah, lots of great stuff. Uh, go to their website and behold and be bold and buy lots. And now letters. Mike has the first one. Ooh, the first letter. Here we go. This one's from Keith Stevenson, who says, Love your show. Listen during my morning walks. Concerning the light of line of sight discussion in episode 248, you can go into preferences, line of sight tab, and change the color of the lines. I use green for clear, red for blocked, and yellow for hindered. If you check the verbose box, there will be a little pop-up telling you which hex blocked and or how many hindrances the line of sight goes through. Has you guys gotten that to work? Yes. Yes. I think it, maybe it, it possibly, it, um, and so he's talking about uh, Vassal. 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 For those, for those that don't know. Um, yeah, it's got this handy little line of sight thing. I don't think it works on all of the boards, though, if that's possible. I think it works on all the standard. The standard boards, yeah. I think the historicals have some issues. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it also doesn't work, unfortunately, for the Z component elevation right yeah that's never been a which oh. is bad because that's where i that's where we need yeah, right. yeah. oh my gosh i am like <laughs> biggest dope on that why well, can i see over the top of that oh, i can just you know it's a hillock it's a hillock on a hill on a crest and i'm three hexes away and there's a bush and i'm six feet tall but i'm standing in a hole you know and it's <laughs> Ah, it still gets to me. And I always think I'm going to get Legos out and do blocks and standing up, but I, I, I never get around to it. So if anybody's working that on Vassal, I will send you five bucks to uh, encourage you to continue on. I changed the stencil of the, you know, the font to the G, the classic GI stencil. Uh, so when it, using Vassal, it looks more era appropriate. You can do that? Yeah, you can do that. Too. I didn't know that. I'll have to look Very at that. Very cool. And oh. Jeff, you have the next letter? Hi, guys. So here's a quick demo on how to set up a scenario card for use within a Vassal game. Your limits are pretty much only bound by your HTML skills. There's a long thread on this topic on Game Squad, and then there's a link here to a spot on Game Squad. In short, you set up an HTML file with the content you want, then from the map, you select draggable overlays window, select the label tab, and then select label no background overlay and drag it somewhere near where you want the player aid to be. I, I, I have no idea. I, I recognize all these words, but I do not know what he's talking about. I, I gave you the letter hoping you would understand better than me. <laughs> I probably should have looked at this letter in advance. For those people that are following this, he's got more to say. Right-click on the overlay and select Label, and then copy-paste your HTML content into the box. Don't worry, it will fit. Just it won't be very readable. If the overlay has Line 2 option, I suggest not making sure, or I suggest making sure that is empty. Voila, your play aid scenario card is done. 
you can shift click in the middle of the card to select it and move it around as necessary. That's a tip from Mike Sprague. Mike, love you. Mike Sprague, I do know. indeed. So, uh, Mike Rizzi, do you know what he's talking about here? Um, not the particulars, but you can create, just glancing at the link he provided, you can create any kind of custom, like all the scenario information by putting it into a field that you can typically label. I'm not sure what it, Oh, okay. You know, what, what's oh, yeah. there, but, but I mean, it's pretty flexible, so. Yeah, I'm I going to follow up on that, Mike, Mike Sprague. Thanks for sending us that. I'm going to follow up on that, and I'll report in the next show how it works. Yeah, maybe Mike can send an example of what it looks like. Too. He's, he's on Twitter a lot with us. Um, oh, we have a, a listener, Doug Pearson, who made a player aid for infantry information counter use. And uh, we're going to post it on the site if Jeff can get it transferred right from an HTML or something to a PDF. Yeah, it's in a little, it's a little cumbersome as HTML, just, you know, for those people that might want to print it out. So I might uh, modify it a little bit and then we'll post that on the site. Probably yeah, be sure to. With the show notes of this episode. And as a lover of, uh, of YouTube, I'm going to be like they, like everybody is on YouTube. Just click on the show notes down here. <laughs> I'm pointing down to the bottom of the screen. Yeah, just click down here. Oh, I hate that. That drives me crazy. Does that follow you guys or is it just me? Uh, I haven't seen it a lot. Oh, yeah, I've seen it a lot. I know <sighs> what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I know another pet peeve of Jeff's is always when, like, bloggers say, hey, sorry, I've been away for a while. Remember yeah. complaining about that, Jeff? Oh, yeah. I, that drives me crazy. Yeah, sorry I haven't posted in a while. You know, life gets in the way. Oh, just get on with it. Nobody cares <laughs> that your life gets in the way. I mean, you know, I, you care, but nobody else does. I think, it's, I think it's expected at this point that people will bop in and out of things sometimes. <clears throat> Mike has a letter. Oh, pet peeves. We'll do a whole show on my pet peeves someday. <laughs> This whole series has been a basically about your pet peeves. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here's my letter. <laughs> Grumble Jones recommends Felix Spark's book, The Liberator. It is a fantastic book, he says. The 45th Infantry Division Museum is in Oklahoma City and well worth a visit. Also, uh, Pooch in the previous episode had said was referring to Colder Than Hell by Joseph Owens. That was the book. A must-read for any ASL Korean War fan. Oh, yeah, because he couldn't remember the name of that. Okay, Colder Than Hell. I'm going to have to start reading up on my Korea stuff, too, for sure. And then, Jeff, do you have Liberator, the book? I do have the Liberator. I can't... Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. I, do have, I, ju I just finished it last week. You were going to lend it to me when you're done there, yeah. Yes, and I will lend it to you. And I thought it was very good. Uh, it's a It's a brisk read full of action, and um, I've never read Band of Brothers, but I imagine it's like that. It's that it's that squad level of um, action throughout, and it's all about this guy Felix Sparks going from his very early days in the Army through to all the way through to the liberation of Germany and 500 days in Europe, and it's good i actually didn't think the writing was that great in a lot of parts it was it got kind of weird 
um, just very choppy and stuff, but it's a lot of ground to cover. And overall, I would recommend it for ASL. It's got a great cover. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. And the they made it into a very short sort of, would you call it animated, Dave? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's the kinetoscope kind of thing from like yeah. Lord of the Rings with Bakshi. Yeah. Overlaid over real acting. Yeah, right. it's here, yeah. three or four episodes on Netflix, and it's pretty well done. I, recommend I liked it. it. I don't think Mike liked it as much. Took some getting used to. Ah, okay. Just from a visual standpoint? Yes. yes. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, a lot of people, I read a lot of comments, and a lot of people couldn't get over that. It's their pet peeve. There you go. Yeah. This is a comment on the Newbie Doo episode from way, 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 way back, probably 12 years ago. Thanks. Very helpful, especially for a beginner playing along. Uh, playing along is a good introduction. Thank you, Andreas Bruckner. Well, Thanks. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad people are still listening to that one. Yeah, you never know, right? Yeah. Thanks, Andreas. Uh, Bob Holmstrom left a comment on Mike Reed's uh, show several shows ago uh, saying that Mike's son, he referred to his son picking up ASL and, you know, uh, playing a lot. That's pretty cool. And, you know, Aaron's home from college. I'm going to hit him up again and say, let's play some physical uh, ASL, try and get him to pick it up again, see what he if he can get into it. But I thought you were going to say try to get him out of the house and back <laughs> to school. Um, he said, Holmstrom says Mike's son beat Bendis at 2008 Winter War, allowing or, uh, Bob, um, Bob Holmstrom to win the tournament, beating Jim Taylor uh, in the final with the best comeback in ASL history. How about that? So, thanks to Mike Reed's son. Mike has a letter. I do. Let's see here from Carl. Guys, a broken unit that rolls 12 on a morale check is dead. If a broken unit rolls an original 12 during a morale check, it is eliminated. CD 5.341 for Inherent Cruise. Did we, we must did we have must have just misspoke? Yeah. Yeah. That's from Carl, I think. No, he, no, shoot. I butchered his name last time and someone wrote it and said boost. He said, oh, I should have put in letters. Um, Someone wrote in and said, who is the guy that the U.S., the drug dealer the U.S. got from the um, Latin America? It starts with an N. No, um, Charo. Oh, that Bush. Bush got him or something. No. no. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Norega. Yeah. Norega. Yes. Someone wrote in and I should have put it in here and said, uh, didn't we already get Nor Nor Noriega to put him in jail? Something like that because I butchered. Carl Noguera. <laughs> yeah, his name. All yeah. right, better move on fast. Yeah, Jeff has a letter. I've got a letter here from PJ Norton. Guys, Museum Fest is coming up next month, May 21st and 22nd. We will be meeting at the usual place, the Michigan Military Technical and Historical Society Museum at 16600 Stevens, East Point, Michigan. Gaming will start in the afternoon Friday. I'm thinking about taking the day off so I can be there on one or two, and this will last through until Saturday evening. I'm spending the night Friday. Others are welcome to as well. Or are welcome to as well. <laughs> Hope to see you there, PJ Norton. 
Museum over. Fest. Museum Fest will will take place. How about that? Well, we won't make it, but someday. I have uh, a letter. Oh. Thanks to Larry Yeager for his. Oh well, this is just. <laughs> um, we'd like to say thanks to Larry Yeager for his generous one-time donation, and to Mark Bergen for increasing his pledge on Patreon. We'd like to also thank the following Patreon supporters: Bill Ford, Dennis Donovan. Andy Beaton, Erwin Lau, John Hoy, Chris Brooks, David Ford, Pete Courtney, and Chris Quichi. Thank you all very much for your support. And any one of you listeners can subscribe to us on Patreon. We still would like to get a thousand of you to each give us a dollar for each show and it would become rich. And I have another letter or a, a real letter. Hey guys, this is from Carl. No, you're no, no, Guerra, no, no, Guerra. Yep, now I'm just afraid to try. Hey guys, this would be how one would get a hold of one of those Nor'easter XX packs, 20th anniversary packs. Please see the pack attached. It's been out five years now. I still do them under the Yankee ASL label. Anyone who wants them needs to email Carl at his Gmail address. I guess contact us and we can get it to you. Unless he wants me to put a link in or something. Um, 15 bucks for that. It's PDF only. Now, because it's PDF, you must give an email to send it to. Email him and he'll provide them with, uh, and you can do the PayPal payment info. Um, if you prefer to send a check, you can snail mail it to, I'm sure he wants us to give this out, Carl, N-O-G-U-E-I-R-A. 7 Green Street, New Bedford, Massachusetts, 02740. Uh, so apparently it's still available. So if it says out of print at the website, you can still get it from Carl. Excellent. Check. The PDFs eventually run out, though, too. and They're gone oh. for Yeah. <laughs> Let's send him a check. I think I left my check in the uh, glove compartment of my horse and buggy. I still use checks once in a while. Do you? Mm-hmm. You're that one, guy. Once in a while. Yeah. When you're at, uh, you go to, to Games Plus, and you whip out your checkbook. <laughs> when do I use it anymore? Well, I use my mom's to pay her two bills. Oh, your mom's checkbook. Yeah. Can I borrow your mom's checkbook sometime? Bank of America and Xfinity Comcast every month. Mike has a letter. I do. This one from Preston Yonkins, who says, Once again, great interview with Mike Puccio, though I wish I would have caught the name of the book. Well, we just talked about that, I think. So if you wanted to combine his current interest in the Korean War with his older interest in cavalry, I would note that his book, This Kind of War, T.R. Fernbox, recounts an incident very early in the Korean War where a Korean cavalry unit charged some North Koreans. Unfortunately, I can't find which page it's on. I've gone back and started re-listening to some of your earliest podcasts starting in the 120s. It is sort of fun listening to you guys talk about whether or not you guys were going to go past episode 200. I also enjoyed episode 169 where you read my first two emails. In episode 186, Jeff, if I remember correctly, mentions the lack of scenarios for the 442nd Regimental Combat Team. However, according to the archive, a gentleman named Jeffrey T. Allen is designing a number of scenarios for the 442nd. 
Mm. However, only a few of them are to be found in the ASL wild. Finally, where is this scenario pack? Question mark or THS? Well, I can tell you that Vincent Moresca emailed us with 18 attachments of um, from ASL on the internet PDFs of the 442nd Regimental Combat Team mm. scenarios. So I forgot what we're supposed to do with this. Now, this is 2017, of course. Attached is Jeff Allen's draft scenario pack. Uh huh. Okay. We should see. I'm going to reply and see if he's, this is still going on somewhere. It's a draft, but it may ease your disappointment. Jeff showed up a year ago on Game Squad and found an old thread on his Nisei pack. I sent him what I attached to you and gave him contact info on the existing ASL companies, so maybe they'll make, produce this. Anyway, looking forward to more scenario AARs, Spilky Speaks, What's in the Box, etc., etc. Uh, I will contact him and see if this has been made into a real thing or if we're supposed to publish it, which now that I'm retired, maybe I could figure out how. And that's the letters. That's my uh, my favorite new phrase from Dave, from my dear friend Dave Kleinschmidt. Now that I'm retired, <laughs> and then we should do a whole show of Dave's. Yes. Now that I'm retired, of all the things that you've got you've got planned, I think you're going to have to retire again next year, Dave, to get it all in. Yeah, you're going to have to retire again every year. I know. I don't. I don't get much done in a day with this, all this other junk like shopping and watering the lawn. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one uh, right there. Well, taking care of my mom, but that's a good yeah, thing. That's, yeah. Yeah. I and will try to cutting the dandelions. That's been a good one. And what? Hand picking the dandelions. Oh, yes. Actually, actually I sprayed them with poison today. Oh, Dave. Guilty as charged. We're letting them grow this year. We just cut the tops off. We're not doing any chemicals anymore, ever. We should dig out the roots. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for sending letters. We love hearing from you. And uh, send in your letter. If you want to be famous, we will read it on the air, guaranteed. If you have a complicated name, we will butcher it. So I mean, you might want to change your name before you... That's true. Yes. All right, and now we have one other thing today. It's going to take a little while. What's in the box? Woot, woot. Did that sound appropriate? I think so. And what's yeah. in the box is... Yeah, what is it? Is that the right one? We're not seeing anything you're pointing to. We're <laughs> a picture on the wall? I can't see your picture. Oh, shoot. Brevity Assault. Oh, okay. Yes. That's the one. Brevity Assault. I see it there. Yes, indeed. All right. Start off. You know, Jeff always likes to know what do you have to own to play this game. It happens well, to be. Where's this come from? Oh, yeah. Advancing Fire. We have a new kid on the block, boys and girls. Ah, excellent. Uh, and um, they are from Italy, and they are advancing fire. So, of course, we'll link them up and everything like that. Right. With a nice little logo. Okay. Well, it came, it came out about a year ago. It was yeah. just, and I felt bad for them because, you know, their grand release happened basically the week lockdown started. So. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. 
So they had sent a huge shipment of them to Gamers Armory in uh-huh. North Carolina. And that's where I got mine from. I ordered through them. So. Oh, you did? Okay. That was last year. Okay. And you got it kind of in a timely fashion. Yeah. It, yeah. Okay. So Gamers Armory might still have some copies or do you they, think they sold it? Yeah. Okay. So we may have to go to Italy to get more copies. We might. With me. Let's go. Uh, you need to have West of Alamein, Hollow Legions, and Beyond Valor at this point to play Brevity Assault. This is mostly like a desert thing. Uh, on the back, it talks about the battle. Do you know about the battle, Mike? Or um, Just uh, briefly, it's um, May 41, British um, invading from Egypt into Libya. Um, this sort of... Uh, uh, Spoiler attack that didn't, you know, it was supposed to take some, the pass, Hellfire Pass, most famously part of this battle, um, but it didn't all go very well. Yeah, I think they did capture the pass, historically, but not uh, part of a town, and there's some cool maps that go with this. You get seven scenarios and three campaign games, 30 counters, Uh, I can grab those for you. I don't know, if Mike, if you had time to figure those out. Yep. It's the counter battery. Oh, CBM executed and CBM in play. Right. It's all part of the. So this game is innovative in that it adds a new way to play the game. So it adds this operational map. Maybe Dave can hold that up so people get an idea. Um, so that it's not a traditional historical ASL module where you would fight repeatedly over days or weeks over a single map. Here you have a battle that's basically roughly two days, but it's highly mobile. So what they've done is they've created a whole mini game that goes with this, where you have counters representing companies and and mobile formations. And that counter, there's a there's a chart that shows, maybe Dave can hold that one up too. So an individual company counter will hold the appropriate ASL counters within it, right? So like you would have a tank formation, that will hold, you know, three or four, representing three or four tanks represented by their their ASL counters, or infantry companies represented by the appropriate number of ASL squads. So you'll have during a move, you'll have you'll move on the map from point to point. It's an area map, and you can divvy up the forces how you ever, you know, how you see fit as you advance to your your objectives. And then, you know, the, the enemy will move his units and you will engage on a point on the map and then play an ASL scenario to resolve the combat in that spot on this operational map. And you'll do that in repeated turns and your forces will wear down over time as you move. There's a fuel component, there's an attrition component. So, you know, the unit will take losses both from combats and from just wear and tear so these counters then represent all these guys those right so you can just move the one counter instead of having to move all of this around right yeah exactly until you engage in combat i assume Uh, interesting yeah yeah oh that's very cool so this is yeah. unique. This, as far as we know, this hasn't been done before for ASL, or is this? Yeah, never. I've never seen it anywhere else. Guys have yeah. not uh, published anything in the past like this. No. Yeah. Oh no. 
they have two games out. We'll take a look at the other one closer next time, Piazza Ridge. But these things come with the uh, operational forces charts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, find the map. That's the important one. Because um, that'll kind of show it. Not that, but and Jeff, you you also get a really high quality piece of like almost tag board, not like in the MMP products. They have the pretty colored sheet of paper with the three yeah. hole punches. Yes, not colored, not three hole punched, but listen. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it's like when you're running in a cartoon. It's exactly like that. That's that's worth it alone, right there. They, yes, they went all. I, it is only the Italians would come up with such a fine little detail. Here's a. I'll, I'll keep looking, Mike. But yeah, this is a fuel availability chart. Right. So no, OBA record. OBA. Yeah, that's the other component too. Is so if you have long range artillery pieces that typically in ASL are represented by OBA, you can set them up as OBA by having them in the adjacent spaces in the uh, you know on this operational map. So you can use them in either capacity. You could drag them onto the board and use them in a you know direct confrontation, or have them be OBA by setting them up in the appropriate places. Wow. Yeah. And then fuel availability. Right. That's you interesting. Start yourself with fuel. Yeah, it's going to be very important. It does come with. Um, How oh, does that work, or do you know yet? The fuel. Yeah. Yeah, you, when you move from point to point, um, I, it, it costs you so much fuel. I think there's a, you know, if you if you want to go, there's the map. So as if you wanted to go racing across the map, I, and the various colored lines between them are, you know, primary roads or desert roads. Okay. Um, I assume it costs, you know, fuel to move farther. I didn't really get into the particulars yeah. of that. But, um, so you start in those square boxes on either end of the map. They're staging areas. So that's the British coming from Egypt, and then there's the Germans and Italians coming from in Libya. And you meet in these circular circular points on the map. Okay. And some of them are little outposts that don't have a historical uh, reference point. So you roll randomly to set up with your desert boards what that area is. But some of the round ones are historical points that are actually mapped, and then they give you a guide. I don't know if I can pull that up real quick. Yeah, I've got but it too. They got you. Yeah. There's a guide that shows you how to use the desert maps historically to set up those positions. And then two of the circles are the traditional historical places where the battles were fought at Hellfire Pass and at Solemn. Um, and that's the historical maps that come in the kit too. And I've got those over my shoulder. Oh, nice. Okay, I'll, I'll get a close up look at it. Um, you get well. Let's well, take a look. Geomorphic uh, desert maps that come from. Yeah, if you use the the original desert map. Yeah. Okay. For those ones Mike showed you, yeah, maybe show them again. Right. It, yeah. It lists the boards and it the overlays. The boards and the and the overlays. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See that's board. Uh, wow. What are they? 31, 30, 29. Yeah. Is your desert boards. Wadi, wadi, wadi. Huge. How many maps does it come with? Um, well, uh, two of two, these historical yeah. maps representing Halfaya Pass. Okay. 
and one which has the historical village of Salom, Salom, and one that is the Libyan-Egyptian border. And there, he says they're historical. Yeah, those are the historical. The, the kit does come with some just standard historical scenarios to fight on these maps if you don't want to play the campaign game. Is there any um, mention of uh, location called Tanis, where the uh, Ark is supposedly buried? Uh, yes. <laughs> it comes with an Indiana Jones counter. And, uh, yeah. Look at that. Isn't that cool? It is really cool. Beautiful. Artistically. Yeah. Look at yeah. the different sand. Yeah. Colors. They now, they are a little thin. thin. I would say yeah. these maps are a tad thin, but we, we're all professionals. We all know how to protect them. So those are different uh, elevations. Is that why the sand is different colors? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So how many different elevations are going on there? I think it said nine or seven. Man, that's going to that's going to no. no it's well, easy it is a pass yeah. oh. and it's it's really open so you're not going to have to deal with any of the buildings and all that stuff in the way job right. okay good and you're going to really like it now when we do brevity when we do um Biaza ridge i i will get into details of how that map works which seems complex but i've got it figured out after two readings and for me that's pretty good uh that'll be another show i think i'll go in depth on these scenarios it comes with the seven that are there's historical map yeah this is the one mike was referring to ba1 good morning at health fire and that's on that map although some of them mike are also just boards right like that Radata capuzzo that's yeah it comes the, with an overlay to create the historical fort the fort capuzzo yeah, and the that overlay is when it is beat up. So there's, um, yeah, Alfaya map again for that scenario. So typically, you know, I'm going to jump in and play some of these scenarios before I would try the game, the campaign games, of course. Yeah. But that's me personally. And that is the fort when it gets beat up, I think, a little bit, they said. Yeah, it's got some ruins it has a two-level wall, a high wall, which is in white, and then the gray, which is a regular wall. And uh, that's for Capuzo. Once it gets bombarded a bit, you switch it out at a certain point in time. Um, anyone remember what these are? Hillocks. Are they or are they deers? I, yeah, they were hillocks, aren't they? So. Yeah. I looked at it and I was like, yeah, boy, it's been a while since I've done yeah. desert. Because is that a, yeah. a deer or a hillock? The deers oh. had a yellow line around them or something. Right. What about what? the wadi? The wadi. Wadis are easy because those are like gullies. Oh, okay. Right. What wadi are you talking about, Jeff? Yeah, wadi, wadi, and a couple buildings. So, um, what else are we missing? You get. Your operational turn sequence. Did you look at that, Mike, at all? Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's the movement. You know, you do the movement on the operational map, and then you determine if you're going to have combats. Now, you you can also, depending on maybe you know one looks overwhelming to you in terms of you've got one unit being overwhelmed by five units or something, you can do a 
a quick resolution to the battle without playing the full ASL scenario. Mm. I mean, even you could even play the entire game probably without playing an ASL scenario. You could just use their alternate resolution system and uh, quickly resolve the battles. Yeah, you know, that would defeat the purpose. But you know, you can you can pick and choose what parts you want to you know want to play out completely that way. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's- Really cool. I love that idea. Now, uh, does this um, do all of the scenarios say like desert terrain? If it doesn't say that, I mean, these ones clearly are all desert. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to be dealing with dust. Yeah, yeah dust. And, and as the day progresses, of course, you can, you can you know, plan your tactical strategies based on when the, where the sun is. Because the sun moves during the day. So you've got the sun blindless rules and all that sort of stuff. I like it. Pretty cool. They have some of their own little charts that go with some of their rules. Operational movement table, alternative withdrawal table for the campaign games, OBA table. It, it, you get different kinds of OBA, I think, depending on if you how you roll on that or if you've used it before or something like that. Um, alternative operational combat table. That's what I was talking about. The you can use the alternative resolution system uh, of fighting it all out. Oh right, it gives some modifiers for what you have in in the in the in the in the, in the units, and uh, mechanical breakdown die roll modifiers. Also, fuel fuel shortage adds a plus three things like that. Right. Too. So the, all that and special rules. I looked at at the terrain or buried under here somewhere. I would like to play you know, like operational level game with, uh, you know, a strategic level game with tactical scenarios that go along with it. Yeah. I, I don't know how many games. Are there a lot of games that utilize both of those? Well, it was an old joke we used to tell all the time playing, you know, grand strategic games like World in Flames or you yeah. know, operational level games. It's like, why don't we resolve these combats by playing ASL? You know, so... It's uh, but nobody finally, right? Yeah, we've moved in that direction with this game. Yeah, the very first game I ever bought was called Star Force by SPI, and it was a it's a galactic game. It's not galactic level, but a star system level. So you're moving between star systems. But when you actually get into interactions with other units, you move your pieces over to the tactical this little side map. There are games like. There are games that come with rules that let you do that sort of thing, like um, like the game me and Rich are playing, 1805, the, the, the naval combat. Yeah, right. The, you could technically use a uh, tactical level sailing game like, um, I can't think of the name of the one, but um, to fight the battles. Oh, you could. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But they don't package it. Like Flying that. Colors, that's the game. They, they recommend you use... I think they give the rules might have a thing where it tells you how to break it down. Hmm. And the other big one was um, Empire in Arms, the great Napoleonic strategy game that allowed you to convert the strength points into miniatures, maybe if you wanted to resolve it that way and fight a miniatures battle for the bigger battles. Hmm. So it has been done. Yeah. Though so, I mean, all these other examples are extreme, whereas this is self-contained. You know, I mean, yeah, this is much yeah. more manageable. So. Yeah. Yeah, some of these special rules they got uh, increasing the Italians' morale by one. I was wondering if the counters that were put out by Le Franc Terre 
would work for that. I know they had the same discussion about the Italians being too weak. And so the Bersaglieri are also upgraded. Um, elite 447s. Sorry, my phone is ringing. Um, and the units of the 12th Bersaglieri Battalion have special features in some cases, and those features are active either by specialary rule or automatic and in certain conditions. They would be uh, broken printed morale increased by one. Eligible units get neg one on their heat of battle die roll. Uh, leaders can add a negative to the deliberate mobilization attempt. So historically, there was a lot of this deliberate mobilization out there in these battles. And the it said, I think the Italians would even build these mounds or these low walls or something. And then when the British would come over them, they would just go for the immobilization. And then when the British would get out to check, they'd be hidden in some foxholes and be hurling hand grenades at the location there. Um, Allied troop rules. There's special engineers who have uh, DCs. They roll a check to have them, like a Panzerfaust check. So even if it's not in the OB, they might have a demolition charge. Um, and then some British pioneers, the second line squad with a increased smoke exponent, but they're not assault engineers in the normal way. Um, and you get counters for those. Um, there are low walls for the terrain time. Uh, they act as a hindrance and then a plus one cover if you get up close to them. So they're low enough that they would be a hindrance. So you could shoot over them, you know, through them, but it would be over, obviously. Tanks cannot be hauled down against those kind of walls. Hamada, Hamada, Hamada is regular. The mm -hmm. scrub is uh, increased a little bit. It said that uh, there was a little more cover in the springtime in the desert there. Uh, the cliffs, all this stuff is mostly the same. The wadis, Jeff, are, you know, they just look a little different on the maps. But, yeah, a little bit. You know. And the hillocks, you're going to need those rules. The there's, uh, buildings have these little symbols on them, which is just your two-story notification. And then a penthouse which is this diamond shape, which acts as a steeple. And then all the buildings are like in the Middle East. They're flat, and the pe they, uh, armies use the roofs a lot, is what their historical notes were saying. Yeah, the overlay with the high walls. And then into the campaign game rules. So there's two, two sheets of rules until you hit the campaign game rules, which have the cool illustrations about what Mike was talking about how to move the forces in the circles and things and what those mean. And even though that's in purple, that's not solitaire rules, right? They just had chose purple. Um, they do some weapon repair. They, they include a thing called jamming your weapons. A lot of games we play use those rules. And so now you can jam your machine guns and then clear them. I, they were talking about the dust, of course, and mixed with oil, it becomes a, a really uh, abrasive thing, especially for the German machine guns. The yeah, counter-battery fire, I think I saw that in a bounding fire production um, module, too. The campaign, three campaign games. Anything at night? Do they have any night scenarios? Or? I didn't look yet, but I'll go ahead and I'll 
I think it said there weren't any night scenarios. Okay. Rate of fire, the IFT to hit die roll, color die roll is lowered by two for multiple rate of fire weapons. If it rolls zero or less, it's not, doesn't have rate of fire. How mathematically, how does that change things? The color die roll is lowered by two. Yeah. So I roll a three, it's a one. Right. I have a rate of two. It, isn't mathematically that stay the same? Uh, well, wh what did you say at the end there You when you were reading that? If it's zero or less, there's you don't. no rate. There's so that no kind of fire. Yeah. Doesn't that cancel? If you roll the, too low, there's no rate of fire. If you roll too low on the colored die, those no, so you're just you're essentially getting less rate of fire. You're more likely to have fewer instances of a successful rate of fire. And that probably uh, covers the idea that they're clearing sand and junk out of their weapons. But if I roll a, a three, it's reduced by two, it becomes a one, and I have a rate of fire now. Yes. But if right. you roll two on the colored die and it goes down to two, then you don't have a rate of fire. So you, so you have less rate of fire. Think about this one. You do? If, yeah. <laughs> okay, right. I'll, I'll figure it out someday. Yeah, I'll look it over. <laughs> uh, the gun malfunction, it can have an ammo depletion uh, or a malfunction. And there are modifiers if you're intensifier, non-qualified use. Same thing, again, the machine guns. Uh, whenever a support weapon makes a fire attack on the IFT, a B number is a sub, uh, it, if that IFT die roll, that is the machine gun's B number. A subsequent die roll is made to determine if it jammed or if it malfunctioned. So they don't always just malfunction. And there are vehicles. I didn't double check any of these. I assume they're all new, do you think, Mike? Or I don't, I, I don't think they're all new. Let's see. But... Some guns. And some vehicles. So for the British, a cannon da 47 slash 32. Oh, it's the captured Italian gun. Right. Okay. A lot of those. And then your notes that clarify the historical, what was going on, you know, your footnotes that I always loved. And I think we, we looked at everything in the pack. Yeah. Well, I hope somebody else runs with this and we see more of this system used because I really like this idea. It sounds amazing. Really cool. Yeah, I hope they do. I hope they come out with more of that. Uh, yeah. Dave, did you mention any of the names of the, the key players oh. behind this? Maybe yes. Maybe talk about them. That's why I kept <laughs> that sheet out, the credits, oh, okay. the credit box. Um, the proofreading is just Jack Boyle, and it's pretty good. I, I noticed a few things that I would have rephrased in English, but um, this is Sebastiano Cultabiano. Uh, with thanks to Paolo Cariolato, Carl No Guerra, No Guerra, No Guerra, yeah, and Matteo Castelganoli. Excellent. Yeah, sure they will be. Uh, Carl's in everything, man. And forgiving with your pronunciation. Carl's like a, a ASL crazy guy he's like doing everything how does he uh play testers um he's retired <laughs> roberto alese lorenzo marinaro matteo castellano mario Mussini, 
And Martin Vika, I recognize that name yeah. from other things. Yep. Yeah. And Scott Holst. No kidding. Yep. We interviewed Scott. Scott's still doing stuff too. And James Fardet. And bibliography, a great list of books there to get into your reading stack. Oh, so yeah, I would like to see that. There you go. And I, and Jeff, they did say they'd be willing to try and interview their English. They didn't think was really good, but they would talk to someone who maybe could from the group here that could represent them or speak to us. So yeah, we'll okay. put that put that in the interview. That could be another two years before we get to to that. The way we go, but yeah, I suppose if we could find somebody that's that's uh, that speaks English very well, but also speaks Italian. We could get somebody to join us and have a four-way conversation. Translator, like maybe they would recommend Scott. Scott Holst. Yeah, who we did interview, you recall. And didn't we say we were never going to interview Scott Holst again? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it was one of the more fun interviews. Yeah, it was a very fun interview. Yes. Yeah, that was at the ASL Open, I think. Think. It, it, so was it, the, not, it was at the or was it at uh, Aslock? Can't remember now. One of those two. Anyway. Oh yeah, it could have been the Aslock. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys are excited. Uh, when is this going to start? Or have you started? Or what's going on? Where are you at? You and Mike with playing some of these? Oh, oh don't know. We we're, we want to finish off our Bounding Fire productions. Scenarios from Blood, Blood and, jungle. and Jungle. Oh, Blood and Jungle. Yeah. How many are in there, Mike? Oh, there's like countless numbers. Fifty. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot in there. Yeah. We're at what 40, number three? I, I guess forty-seven. Yeah. Forty-seven. But if we get back in person, we'll be able to start cranking them out a little faster. Yeah. Right. I think. Um, episode fifty-one. Hold on to your holst. It's time for close combat. That was the show. Okay. Yeah. That's going back there. Yep. Well, good. Yeah, that looks really cool. I would yeah, love. Yeah. I love. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that in the flesh. Yeah, and I'll, I'll record up a uh, look at those scenarios, and then um, we'll just do a a quick look at Yaza Ridge also on an, on a show soon. And I guess that'll be it. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Any ASL stuff or personal uh, stuff or anything at the moment? Dreams that you had of <laughs> specters coming down and grabbing you by the shoulders and pulling you backward down the stairs. I expect I'll... to see you both in your Jedi robes next week. Though. Yes. yes. Did we have to buy points? Or buy stuff? Did we? Yeah. Did I do that? I did it, right? Experience last. Yes, I think you did yours. I did mine. Jeff, did you do yours? No, I got to do mine. I got to do mine. I'll Maybe do. if you were retired. Yeah, if I was retired, I could do it. I'd have more time. <laughs> Coming up. Somebody All right. the uh, $2 million. <laughs> well, well, we want to. Mike Rizzi and, and your beautiful game room there. I was, I, I missed, hopefully we'll be able to. It's been very lonely in here. Yeah. Do you have a windows? The windows yeah. are. I'm looking out them here. You are okay. one one side of your room though. Yeah. Well, we could put a fan in to kind of get some circular. Oh, yeah. We're not. Are we worried about that if we're we're not too safe now? Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, I'm gonna move soon on something, Mike. So I'll we'll need to talk. But I will see you tomorrow at three. On Vassal, Mike. Yes, sir. And Jeff, know. we missed our game. If you want to. 
sneak something in, let me know. Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> that was a little quick. Yeah. Well, you better not get any help from that specter in this game. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. <laughs> you have to summon something. <laughs> Dave, when you need to scratch your ASL itch, uh-huh. where do you where do you go? I have to go somewhere where there's fast service. Yes. Somewhere where the store clerks are very nice. Nice clerks, yep. Somewhere where I'm going to get good ASL bang for my buck. Yep. And selection. And free shipping. X. So here's where I go. Where do you go, Jeff? I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret. Don't tell anybody. Ritter Creek. What is that again? Ritter Creek. Ritter Creek. Rittercreek.com. They've got selection. They've got fast shipping. They've got, what was the other thing you asked for? Friendly clerks. Friendly clerks. I'm talking friendly. <laughs> They're great at Ritter Creek. they got all kinds of stuff. It's a great website to go and peruse around. And ASL stuff galore. And free shipping now. Free shipping. Who which can is, possibly yeah. beat that? Now, we want you to go to your local neighborhood gaming store and support them any way you can. If you got one anymore. But if there's ASL to be had, go to Ritter Creek. RitterCreek.com. Yeah. All right, then we'll say goodbye till until next time. So remember, everybody, remember, everybody, remember this, okay? We've been saying this, but we want you to remember it. Roll low. And rally well, but, but not, not when you're playing, playing us. Yeah. Please. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye.